Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. <laughs> you would think I would not be caught off guard by that, but still occasionally, me being James, when Jody jumps in, when I say I'm ready, <laughs> is, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I am, as this comes out, spooky season is over, but we're recording it in spooky season, so I'm still spooky James. Okay. Blah. Uh-huh. We had two meetings today. We had our staff meeting of my level, and we had our whole staff department meeting, and I was in charge of the smaller one. Uh, but yeah. being October, and it's a monthly meeting, I wore one of my Halloween has a bunch of ghosts going boo bowling shirts today. <laughs> ah, cool. Yep, I mean, it's it's got a collar, it's buttoned up, it's a dress shirt, so, you know. Yeah. And since most of my colleagues actually work from home and I go into the office three times a week, I'm still more professional, which still shocks the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, it being spooky season, I'm going to give my beer first. Do you mind? No, go, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yours, yours is more spooky than mine. Mine's not spooky at all. So, oh, mine's spooky. Ooh, uh, I'll, I'll send you a picture, and if anybody wants to follow me on, <laughs> you'll you'll see it tonight. If you go back to, I don't know when this will come out, but follow you on what? Damn it! <laughs> I'm going to have to try to remember to uh, put in baffle me there. So, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> if you follow me on the app that shall not be named. <laughs> uh, but yes, anyway, if you go back to October 12th, I will do my best to remember to log this in tonight. You will see my review so you can see what the beer looks like is Shallow Be Thy Grave. Oh. Yeah, it's got a wicked neat artwork with a, uh, it's kind of like a grim reaper, but instead of a human skull, it's a deer skull. So it's got the deer snout and the antlers. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a folk horror reaper, and it's an imperial India pale ale with vanilla caviar, which is why I bought one, because I wasn't sure I'd like it. And the couple sips I've had as I've been pouring it, it's a little hazy, which I don't love, but I do like the vanilla creaminess to it. Okay, but it's a it's a nice nine percent caviar, vanilla caviar. Is it really not going to tell me? Oh, yep. Okay, that is the brewer's name. I kind of wondered because it looked really weird, but it's made by Foreign Local out of Hammond, Indiana. Okay, it, it's not what I look for in a beer, but it's what I look for in a dessert. So, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, I'm I'm having um. Samuel Adams Flannel Fest. They're their Munich Dunkel style. I do like that one out of their autumn pack from this year. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, I couldn't remember. I guess I've already had one because or two. All right. Uh so this episode is uh -huh, uh -huh. Dungeons and Dragons. The TV cartoon series. Which, outside of them doing, having those characters make cameos in the live action movie that came out earlier this year, I still think that would make 
an awesome live action movie would be to adapt the cartoon to to a live action film. I do not disagree. Not at all. Of course, we're talking about it this time. So we've mentioned next year is the 50th anniversary of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Um, which, which is why. Is this? Well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I've got some dragon's milk that I'm going to drink during our D&D things. But it's spooky season, and I want to save those for those, which is why I'm having yeah. Shallow Be Thy Grave. Uh, but to, to answer your question that I think you're going to ask is that this year, uh, on the date we record it, we are not even quite a month off of the September 17th, 1983, 40th anniversary of the release of the D&D cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was going to be my question. <laughs> ah, see, I'm wisdomous. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we, we spoke before we started recording. Uh, neither of us have notes. Um, do you... what, what are those? <laughs> we don't need no stinking notes. <laughs> uh, well, here, let, let me give one brief little snippet and then... We'll kind of decide how we want to go. Okay. Uh, and by snippet, just sort of a background. Uh, but you're on regular Earth, and you have a group of friends aged 9 to 15 who are transported to the realm of Dungeons and Dragons because they're on a nor like our normal Earth. They take a ride in an amusement park roller coaster. And the type of coaster they do is a called a, a dark ride or a ghost train. I'm mostly mentioning this because it's in the intro and we're going to do a ghost train episode next month in December. Yeah, we are. But it's neat. They get on a roller coaster. They're all locked in, ready to go. And all of a sudden everything goes swirly, squirrely. And ah, what's going on? Ah, ah, and, and then suddenly they're in the, the, the realm of Dungeons and Dragons, six earth friends. And for those of you who played D and D, you know, all of a sudden you see them get all sorts of cool things like a bow for a ranger and a shield for a cavalier. And there's a magic and it's just, it's, it's just neat. Yeah. I guess I will say that in 1983, I would have been at an age where I had just started reading about D&D and kind of playing on my own and was just starting to convince my friends to maybe play within the next year or two uh so i i had i knew about dnd but didn't have much experience and this was really awesome to me you know i'm i'm yeah. not even a teenager yet and this comes out and i'm re i've been reading about dnd for a year or two and i'm like holy crap there's a dnd cartoon and i watch him like wow this is good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i had um i'd seen it advertised in like comic books and stuff and i you know um i, I didn't really didn't know anything about what the game was or, or any of that and uh i was kind of the same way you know i was kind of curious about it and i saw the cartoon and it was like yeah man this is awesome yeah did you uh start so uh, yeah we will kind of just maybe we'll just do this organically <laughs> yeah did did you watch it from the beginning did you see the ads and start watching it from episode one you know, I, I really, I don't remember if I did or not. I just, I, I know starting that season, I started watching it and really liked it. And 
I probably didn't finish watching the series when it originally aired. I mean, I've I've got it on DVD, so I've seen all the episodes by now. But um, I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't know if I started watching it from the beginning or not. But I just I I remember um, watching it at that time, and I think that was part of the reason why the first time I read, um, not necessarily read The Hobbit, because Tolkien used the term goblins. But when I read Lord of the Rings and he was consistently using orc for them, um, I think the D&D cartoon was probably why I always pictured them as kind of Gamorrean guard-like. They are a very green, porcine, piglet-looking. Yeah. yeah. And they're kind of made to look doofy and almost clumsy, almost like the Gamorrean guards when Luke comes in and does his force choke fuck you thing. Yeah. And I kind of, I, you know, now that we bring that up, I kind of wonder if um, that wasn't what influenced the cartoon because I don't know exactly when they started production on the cartoon and started doing the character design but i know um cartoon was produced by marvel studios at marvel comics animation studios who had already been doing uh spider-man and and would go on to do gi joe and the transformers not too long after but um you know marvel comics had the star wars license and they would have had advanced character design on the gamorians because they would have been doing the comics to coincide to come out coinciding with the movie release and return of the jedi came out early 1983 so i'm just kind of curious if somebody at marvel hadn't seen the Gamorians for Return of the Jedi and thought, hey, that would look really cool for the orcs in the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. I that's pure speculation. I have no idea. I've never seen anything to to indicate that that's what it was. Since I've been playing since first edition, and this yeah. came out uh, about this time of unearthed unearth arcana. Yeah. Uh, because you know, you've got a cavalier, which was an unearthed arcana type of thing it's kind of like the first edition 1.5 ish kind yeah. of unearthed arcana came out in 85 so it did come out a couple years later but they had these classes in the dragon magazines and everything yes yeah too. so there's a there's a continuum you can't just say oh cavaliers didn't come out till 85 well no they came out in dragon magazine before and it's about the time of eric the cavalier but well, okay, whatever. Uh, I will say, having played first edition Orcs and having the original Monster Manual and some of the Dragon magazines and everything and mm -hmm. modules, that they aren't really dissimilar to... Um, I, I don't remember the coloration. Like, I, I used to know almost everything from the first Monster Manual. You know, I, yeah. I, had, my, I had my cousin... Jenny quiz me on alignments of monsters because <laughs> we we'd walk home from Catholic school <laughs> and uh yeah but I but their look is very much like the cartoon with the tusks and the snout and everything so 
I would actually posit that if one influenced the other, that D&D influenced the Gamorrean guards. That that could very well be. Um, you know, okay, so in that vein, I guess, um, don't turn your camera on at me. Actually, I was trying <laughs> to share my screen. Here is ah, a picture yes. of yes. I'm sure yeah, you yeah they they do have um very foreseen looking heads yes by the way uh the, yeah, kinda, so you can like boars yeah yeah by the way do you know where do you know why we call it pork for the food rather than pig why because when the French came into uh when William the bastard and his fuckers and the Normans came into England they brought in their culinary terms so the the agricultural terms are still english where we say pig and cow but that's why the foods are beef and pork i read something about that the other day yes might have but i told you about it years ago (laughs) it was in is in one of our other episodes but i literally read something about it earlier this week (laughs) (laughs) what do you know Anyway, you were you were saying something, and then we can go back to the the cartoon. Yeah. Um, so you you may you may very well be right because um, prior to well, I won't say prior to. I don't obviously I don't know the exact timeline, but before Return of the Jedi would have come out, E.T. the extraterrestrial would have come out, directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, and it has a scene like the early in the movie where Elliot's older brother, well, I guess Elliot was probably playing too. I don't remember. Um, but Elliot's brother and his friends at least were playing Dungeons and Dragons sitting around the kitchen table. And, you know, one, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas are best friends. Um, and two, Industrial Light and Magic part of Lucasfilm, which would have been where they would have been coming up with the character designs for for stuff, um, they worked on E.T. So there's a connection there, too. And and that that may be how Dungeons & Dragons may have influenced the look of the Gamorreans, if that's where it comes from. Could have, but as we've discussed, there are cultural watersheds and things can happen at the same time that weren't influenced by each other, and yet they were remarkably similar. Yeah, yeah, that too. Elliot. When you do it, it sounds like evil E.T. <laughs> There's a reason for that. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. So, the D&D cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's back on track here. <laughs> I mean, we weren't off. Just uh, it just so came out forty years ago. At yeah. like the Dungeons and Dragons was only nine years old itself, and all of a sudden, you have people interested in making cartoons, which is perfect because it it was also during the Satanic Panic era, yeah, ish, and showed that it's just a fun game, and it shows these six kids, right? Six, right? Yeah. Ranger, Barbarian, Cavalier, Thief, 
acrobat mage. Six kids and a unicorn. And then when they get there, there's a unicorn. I I remember six offhand because when they get in the amusement park ride that we mentioned at the beginning, uh, there were three in the front, three in the back. Yeah. And then once I realize there are six, I can pretty much suss out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it, but it, it shows how you have these six kids, even though they're from earth and then, then they're in the D and D realm and they become these D and D. They actually show how they are against evil. They're combating the evil Vinjar, the demon, whatever you want to call him. And Tiamat, the, chromatic evil demon goddess demon dragon thing and then they go out of their way to help people and it shows how they work together and and they're stronger together and they do right and even if the cavalier is a coward but but was he 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 is until it comes down to brass tacks and then he is the bravest fucker who will put his own life on the line to save his friends when that is what he needs to do yeah, he, he will. Yeah. So yeah, he's he comes across as cowardly and egocentric because he's this rich, snotty kid. And but then, you know. So so here, do you want to go through the characters or 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 like would that be a good thing to do? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so talk about Eric the Cavalier, who uh-huh. I found amusing once I realized this. I don't know if I found out during watching it or later, because I I some of the voices I recognized and I would see their names and I'm like, oh, oh my God, that's Don Most. That's Ralph Mao from Happy Days. <laughs> yep. But yeah, he's a he's the cavalier, but he's the rich kid, which makes sense because in DD, the cavaliers have money because they have to have armor and horses and be of a certain class. Yes. Uh but yeah, he's a kind of a cowardly character on the outside, but when it comes down to it, he will really go in and save his friends no matter the peril to himself doesn't hurt that he has a magic shield but yeah well and, and that's how he saves him yeah the magic shield yeah. and and i actually love that because his character you think would want something offensive or aggro but in, instead he grows because the dungeon master that we'll talk to in a second i, I guess uh gives him yeah. a magic shield he can only be defensive and protect where Hank, that we'll talk to about in a second, is a ranger who is a very calm, like your boy next door, who gets a magical bow, and he's offensive, even though he is more calm and sedate, and it helps him grow. Yes, although I always pictured him as being um, a jock. You know, I, I, I don't disagree. I actually picture both of them being jocks, but... Um, Hank being better and Eric not being quite so much and being upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, well, did you have anything on Eric before um, we, we, we move on to Hank? No, no. Um, not, right. Yeah, no, no, that pretty much covered it. And to be fair with Hank, who's a ranger, he comes in and he gets this studded leather armor and a magical energy bow and he's got blonde hair i'm like oh yeah i love rangers i've got blonde hair (laughs) (laughs) actually yeah before i read because i started i mean the first time i think i played with like you and craig or at least with greg the the first character that i made with with you guys in high school 
um, he was a ranger, and that was before I had read Lord of the Rings, and it was because of Hank. Hank is a, he's just a great guy. He fights hard. He's a good guy. He saves it. He tries to work hard for his friends and will always yeah. help the villagers who are distraught and he'll go after the bad orcs and he's a leader. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But what's weird. So, uh, Oh, and by the way, Hank is voiced by Willie Ames who, uh, and when I said Don most from happy days, anybody younger than us is like, what the fuck is happy days? <laughs> uh sitcom in the 70s about the 50s how's that uh but willie ames i knew kind of through charles in charge which had chachi from happy days but also though two of them were in a movie zapped which was hilarious and was one of the first semi naughty but still appropriate movies i got to watch as a kid um yeah but Willie Ames was also on the TV show Eight is Enough. Which we will have an overlap with that show when we get there. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. I honest, I knew that, but I never watched Eight is Enough. Like, I watched enough to know who two or three of the characters were, but that was it. Yeah, I didn't really watch it either. Yeah, was was not intriguing to me. Yeah. Uh, so, so I will say, because it does give the ages of the characters all the way from eight from the youngest to 15 hank and eric are the oldest at 15 years of age yes when i'm watching this at i I, you know how weird i am about giving my age and personal information so i will say it was between 10 and 12 right Uh, inclusive not exclusive because if i say exclusive that gives you what i was (laughs) (laughs) so when I'm watching this, I'm like, well, they have to be like 17 or 18, right? Nope. No. <laughs> 15. I, I'm good with Hank and Eric. Do you want to move on? Yeah. Right. So you mentioned eight is enough. Yes. Also in this show is Presto, the magician, a 14-year-old who is a wiz- wizard who who has a magic hat. And, you know, that matches Hank's bow and arrow and, and Eric's uh, shield. He has a hat that he can kind of. He's almost like uh, just a normal human magician, you know, that you see on stage at Vegas where he pulls things out of his hat, except it's actually a magic hat. Yeah. Uh, Very super smart. And his magic fails half the time. (laughs) Yep. Uh, But uh, yeah, but it it succeeds when it needs to. But he is voiced by Adam Rich, who was also in Eight is Enough. Yes. Uh, To be fair. Even though Jody and I like to think we're intelligent, I rarely, like, uh, I don't feel a strong connection to magic users. No. I I kind of don't either. Yeah. It, so, you know, as much as I love Gandalf, I always felt way more of a kindred ship to Strider and to Aomer and, and even the Hobbits. So I, I really have nothing else about Presto. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I even though I don't really have anything with magic users, I I always felt kind of. I, I guess just because of my personal experience, I always just kind of felt like I identified with him a little bit. 
because he was kind of the the geek nerd non-athlete uh maybe a little shy you know yeah so. yeah i do get that i was i was situationally shy shy you know with girls yeah. i was hopeless with other yeah. dudes like us i was fine and yeah i played sports i was kind of a jock but not that wasn't my attitude i was way more of a book nerd yeah i do like presto though as a character because he 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 does by the end of the series he he, he kind of grows a lot i mean they all do yeah yeah uh yeah we'll have something interesting about him in the unproduced finale yes that, that really goes with that so yeah we'll have to remember to, to put that in there okay um and you know i'm i do math for a living i you know i in the D D realm i probably would have been a magician a mage a magic user <laughs> yeah yeah multi-class elite true true yeah uh yeah uh I'm ready to move on if you are. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go with Diana, the next oldest. Okay. Or, well, same age as Presto. She's 14. Uh-huh. Uh, she is an acrobat, which in Unearthed Arcana or in the Dragon Magazines is a subclass of a thief who can do, you know, acrobats. <laughs> Tightrope <laughs> walk and... He's a staff to leap over shit and, and everything. And and her magic item is a javelin quarterstaff, which changes size here. And she can do things with it. And she can kind of use it as a weapon, but typically uses it to leap and jump and do these kick-ass things. And she's kind of a second-in-command to Hank. Yeah. Yeah, loved her. She's... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what else to say about her. She's awesome. I... Uh, there is a weird love thing between Hank and Diana, and then we'll talk about Sheila in a second, because you assume Hank and Sheila are together, but it actually, to me, the more I've watched it, Hank and Diana actually seem to be a little closer. Um, You, you might you might be right, actually. Yeah, I, was, I always thought Hank and Sheila will... will yeah, we'll get there. We're, of course, we, we thought we thought everybody was older than the characters actually were. So, <laughs> well, right, which is when the older I've gotten, because I also it's it's hard to find this to watch, but I've got it on DVDs also. And when I've watched it recently, I almost think Hank has a protector brother thing to Sheila now, and actually, he and Diana maybe have a chemistry. Yeah, but when I first watched it, to be fair. I had been in love with my wife already for years, who is a redhead, and I have blonde hair, and Sheila the Thief, who has a magical cloak that lets her turn invisible, is a redhead. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> so, that definitely, maybe, possibly, definitely has something to do with it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Sheila the Thief, age 13, cloak of invisibility. She, she is, is wonderful, but she is kind of emotionally weak, but gets better. And that's her mm -hmm. growth. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't really have much else about her. No, I, I don't either. 
except that you know she is older sibling of the last of the human characters as somebody just tried to call me and i don't do numbers i don't recognize <laughs> i heard a buzz <laughs> i didn't know what it was <laughs> yeah that's what it was it was my phone um so yeah uh she's she's the older sister to bobby who's the last character we haven't talked about as far as the human characters go and i actually feel a connection to bobby because he's the youngest team member at eight so he's five years younger than everybody else kind of went along with everybody because he's sheila's brother uh yeah. and he's obviously young and having three older brothers and wanting to be as tough and awesome as they are i understand yeah. his attitude about things to be honest i besides I don't, I don't know which magic weapon I would like the most because they all kick ass, but I kind of do dig Bobby's club because he's a barbarian and barbarians are mm -hmm. strong and, and he's got this big ass club that he can just smash the crap out of things with. Yes. Yep. But yeah, he's a barbarian with the loincloth and the horned helmet and the club and Rather impetuous, which I would understand. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, kind of identify with him just because of the age thing, because he was probably, again, you know, like you, um, I was also the youngest sibling. He would have been the closest in age to both of us. Yeah, when this came out, I think Sheila would have been the closest and then Presto and, and Diana were, were kind of close, but Eric and Hank would have been just old enough with Bobby for me being just young enough that I would have been in the middle. But I, yeah. it's weird. Cause I thought some of them were super older than me, but I thought Bobby was way younger than me because of how I acted. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was younger. But yeah, I just, I kind of, I, I guess I was kind of like you. It was like, I kind of figured all the others had at least like two years more than they did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, But Bobby's also got the uh, soft spot for animals. Yes, he does. He's younger and, and feels for them, which is why he is very close to Uni. Uni the unicorn. The baby imaginative name but bobby was the one who gave her the name so <laughs> bobby's the one who made sure it was okay at first so <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> so, i don't know why i honestly don't know what a baby horse sounds like but every time you needed this i thought of a goat <laughs> yeah well i you know some of the um some of the the myths about unicorns do equate them more with goats than horses although in in the show when they do show adult unicorns they show them more horse-like they did have at least one episode i remember that was uni meeting adult unicorns and yeah them having to save save them huh? but yeah loved uni you know smart can teleport use its horn for magical things and just mm -hmm. kind of kind of neat and and unicorns are, of course, a force of good in pretty much every folklore, almost. 
Almost. Which which allowed people to watch the cartoon and be like, oh, the kids are good. Maybe d and okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, then if you're ready for the last good person. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. No, I'll, I'll come to that in a second. Uh, Dungeon Master. Yes. Is kind of their sage mentor person who gives them their magic and leads them to their quests and gives them help but doesn't really stick around even though he seems to be the most powerful person in the <laughs> yes <laughs> and it drives eric nuts because he'll give him he won't he'll give him riddles and clues but you know he's always kind of cryptic and and then he disappears. They'll 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 look away, and when they turn around, he's gone. <laughs> right, and then Eric is like, "What the hell?" And he tries to look behind the rock that he was by, and he's not there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I think this is also a slapback towards fucking those chick tracks. Oh yeah, where they, oh you must do what the dungeon master says, and you shall worship evil. And DMs everywhere are like. I can't even get him to open a fucking door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I get it. The other night when I was running the the last of that little bit for you and Rebecca, uh, there were a couple, and I know I tried to throw things in there like, this is definitely not a trap, which should make you think. But the other doors I'm thinking, oh my God, it's not a trap. But I understand why you're taking forever. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's, yeah, I, uh, yeah, see, I've played those modules, uh-huh. <laughs> I've oh. played those older modules, so I expect doors to be trapped, unlike the newer modules, where they don't put as many traps in, you know, they might put puzzles in, but they don't put traps in, they they they, they push more of the role-playing you know, getting into the getting the the dialogue with the other characters and stuff and the NPCs and and less about the environment is, is just kind of the way I feel about the, the newer editions of D D. And so, you know, I'm like, screw this, we don't have a thief in the party. I'm checking all the fucking doors. <laughs> I anyway. I'm midway between the old version and the new version. I want the role playing. I want some sense of danger, but yeah. my attitude as a DM, which I was going to wait, but fuck it is that the party are the heroes and the protagonists of a book series. And unless you are just the dumbest motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not saying I won't kill you. I'm saying that chances are, I want to make it a good story, which could mean you're going to be incapacitated or have to be resurrected as something, but I'm going to try not to kill you, which means traps are generally not a huge thing, just a, an occasional fun thing. Yeah, it might not be a death trap, but, you know, I expect there to be a poison dart on a door or something. Well, you know, because that, that won't necessarily kill you. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, it's been a while since I've watched these. Um, to just to get back to the thing, yeah, 
but I do remember one of my favorite episodes is where Eric complains so much that the dungeon master gives Eric his powers and Eric yes. goes from being a cavalier to dungeon master with the robes and can do things. And it's hilarious. Like Eric at first abuses it and he finds out he can't and then he uses it for good. And then he's like, no, no, too much power. Take it back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is growth. <laughs> There, there is, yeah, yeah. Um, for for uh, most of the characters, not just the not just the uh, teenage heroes. Yeah, I, I mean, well, yeah. In one of the episodes, Bobby, they meet a, another friend who got trapped, and they kind of do a thing, which is kind of a growth and foreshadowing. But yes, also the villains is where I'm assuming you're going. Also have growth <laughs> uh-huh. well one one of the two main well, the, the main villain the main <laughs> villain yeah yeah because there, there are two antagonists but right one is the main villain which is vinjar yeah yeah or vinjar vinjar sorry vinjar yeah i don't know yeah. why i said vinjar i don't, sure. don't know either <laughs> um voiced by Optimus Prime himself, Peter Cullen. <laughs> and the only thing I know that Peter Cullen has said about missing Venger is that the doing that voice really hurt his throat. Well, I can I can see that because actually Venger has a it's not as deep and commanding as Optimus Prime, but it is definitely more evil and gruff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, kind of. He looks like a demon. You, you don't. I, I did not know until I kind of saw the the last episode and the unproduced that last episode and everything. I just assumed he's a demon. Even yeah. even though in the show it's given that he is, well, it's forty years old, right? Spoilers are okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's Dungeon Master's son. Yeah. They don't act alike. They don't look alike. He looks like a demon. Dungeon Master looks like a, well, kind of honestly, he looks like my grandpa if he's six inches smaller. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, he grows. Uh, I mean, if you want spoilers, this is the character that grows and it's it's kind of like Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Where? Yeah. At the end of it, he redeems himself. Redeems, yeah. He, he's the evil person who comes back. But yeah, he's always hunting the kids because he wants their weapons. Because he's going to get power from them. Uh, and the kids are just a pain in his ass anyway because he wants to be evil. And they stop him from conquering things. Uh-huh. But yeah, and he, he's got a shadow demon helper. And he's got a a nightmare horse that flies around and stuff, which are monsters from D&D. Without giving more away than the fact that he's a dick. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't know if you had anything else before we moved to the other antagonist. Uh, No. No. Uh, Although I will say that antagonist is the only thing that Dungeon Master, or that not Dungeon Master, that uh, Venger fears. Yes. Tiamat, the fearsome five-headed dragon. 
the chromatic queen, queen of evil dragons, demon dragon. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's a dragon with five heads that have the five evil chromatic heads from D&D, the, the fire red, the lightning blue, the frost white, the acid black, and the chlorine gas green. Woohoo! Yeah, what you said. <laughs> uh, yeah, all five heads, but one person, which makes her two better than Jesus. <laughs> oh, come on, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, I was laughing. <laughs> <sighs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it always shows kind of the red head as kind of being in charge, but it's the same being, so uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Avenger fears her. It, she is a thing in actual D&D, which is kind of based off of the oldest myth in the world. But that oldest myth of Tiamat is not a five-headed dragon. It's just a, something else that I don't know if you want to get into, but I'm okay if we don't. No, we don't have to. That's fine. <laughs> I I agree, Inkadu. I, I wasn't sure where you're going to go. I, di I didn't mean to actually make myself the hero, but sure, I'll go with it. <laughs> Might as well. It's, it's been a while since I've read those myths. <laughs> trying to remember the other names. <laughs> uh, well, those those are the big ones. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, Jesus and Yahweh, Jehovah myths. Yeah. yeah. There are some that predate you. <laughs> <laughs> many, many that. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> hey, dude. <laughs> Do you want to know, to move on, who voiced Tiamat? Uni. Uni. Do you, do you know who voiced Uni? Fred. Fred. <laughs> Fred. Freddie Jones. <laughs> Freddie Jones. Frank Welker, yes. Frank, Frank Welker, who also, uh, did, didn't he do Megatron in the Transformers? Oh, Jesus, I think you're right. He is one of the most motherfucking prolific fucking voice cartoon actors ever. Um, yeah, I just, I just, uh, I'm looking him up and he did. Yeah. I've got he, him pulled up here. He's, Cause I know, I know when, um, I know when the original guy who did Scooby's voice died. Frank took over Scooby as well. Yep. Took over Scooby in the cartoon when they died and did, did it in the, uh, CGI animated film and. Wow. Yeah. Babies and. Megatron, Galvatron, Soundwave, and holy crap, he's yeah. his little Hopper and Snowball and Simpsons. I did not know that. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, he, uh, I mean, he did Fred back, going back to 1969. Yeah, he, he's the original Fred, right? Yeah, he's the original Fred. A Saturday morning cartoon series that from 1969 on, Frank Welker probably did a voice on it. <laughs> probably uh so just general monsters like there were some really oh i i know there was a third antagonist karina which is Venger's sister and rival and which means dungeon master's daughter she really wasn't a huge thing she was only in like a couple of episodes yeah but as as far as monsters you know if you play D, &D you have beholders Urgh. Yeah. And, you know, besides the orcs and shadow demons and nightmares we've talked about, um, shit, I, I, 
There were kobolds too in one or two, right? Uh yeah, yeah. And and dragons and a dragon turtle and uh there's there's actually one with the spaceship, which reminds me of the module that we talked about a month ago or two. Yes, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure that's why that showed up. <laughs> what? No, expedition to the barrier peaks has nothing to do with this. <laughs> but they didn't really spend a lot of time with the tip what you what you would typically consider the good aligned fantasy races like dwarves and elves. I remember gnomes. I can't remember if they even had halflings in the series at all. Huh. You know, you're right. I yeah, gnomes and wow. Yeah, I don't remember halflings at all, or I actually don't remember elves, but that doesn't mean they weren't there. I I think they probably had them show up in one episode. I do know that there was at least one episode with dwarves. And there were there were some other characters, and I don't know. Um they showed up in one or two episodes. War Duke. No, War Duke was the yeah. They had um back in the day they had action figures with yeah. war duke and and kala kala's shit wow i actually have the module with those characters and fifth edition D came out with something that have them and i have it too yeah yeah i was gonna say i think that just recently came out didn't it or has that been out a while uh, a, a little while but not super super long okay but yeah war duke's kind of an evil fighter and uh, you've got an evil mage and a, a half orc or orc assassin or something and but then you had the the cavalier was that was on the good side Str- strong heart yeah yeah yes that was it mm-hmm. yeah they they made an appearance in the show i I'm actually kicking myself for never getting those action figures. I am too. I had War Duke, and I don't have him anymore. I don't know what happened, but I literally that was the only one I got. And it's actually in his case, it wasn't because I felt more evil, but his character with the horn thing and the eyes and the the chainmail just looked way cooler than fucking the Paladin with his plate mail. Oh yeah. I agree. I I I had seen the action figures in the store, and I thought War Duke looked fucking awesome. And I had no idea he was villain until you know he's actually in the cartoon. <laughs> um, I think I remember because the toy line came out maybe right before the the thing, and I just looked it up. It's not giving me a date. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was War Duke, and. Uh, there was an evil Elkhorn dwarf fighter and Zarek the half orc assassin and and uh, uh, where, where, where's I just saw the name of the evil mage the Elkhorn uh, no that was the dwarf the Kellick Kellick was the villainous sorcerer that was kind of the main oh uh, he the um, black robes with red trim and the green winged staff or whatever definitely red and black robes I don't remember what had more. Bald head, though. Yeah, bald head and a beard. Yep. Somebody did a costume of him at Dragon Con this year. Uh, Rebecca showed me pictures of it. One of the ones I was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh! I know who that is." <laughs> but yeah, I remember seeing those 
action figures and stuff in stores, like even cheap, like Kmart and cheap stores. Yeah. And yeah. I wish I would have bought them all and saved them, but I did not. I, um, I, I like you, I, I think I did have the War Duke figure, but I think I kind of, I wound up with that because somebody was like, here, I don't want this anymore. You take it. And I was like, okay. And by that time, I didn't really know. I mean, I knew it was a Dungeons and Dragons thing, but I didn't know anything about the character. Yep. I think I knew what was on the back of the card of the action figure. And then it was in the Shady Dragon. And I I looked it up to see. I have that accessory. Yeah. But yeah. And he is in an old D&D module and a new one. And he's obviously evil. But yeah. Yeah. He just looks kick ass. Yeah. That's what Jody and I wanted to look like, even if we would have wanted to have been good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, if I was going to have a fighter character, that's what he would have looked like. There's a new toy line. Two. Two. I don't know, maybe just one. Uh, I don't uh, know. Three! Yeah, three! <laughs> I'm not sure who's doing them, I, but I'm pretty sure it's the same company doing both. There's there's a company doing the the kids from the cartoon. And there's a company doing the the other characters who appeared in the cartoon but weren't necessarily originally in the cartoon. So Strongheart and War Duke and Kellick, there is a there are new action figures of those out. But yeah, War Duke and I'm gonna move on. They're ogres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're dragons, giants, uh, trolls, I think. Yeah, trolls. I remember the trolls, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. If you want to get a get a get a good idea of D and D, what it was like way back in the day of the first first and a half. Watch, you know, you could. I have the box set, and there was somebody was gonna they're gonna try to put them up online, and they could have this year, but I I don't know if they did or not. But it's you can still find the box sets, and I think yeah. you can buy them online. But it's a great way to find out what D and D was like back in the day. Yeah. Ooh. Um sorry, Bullywogs. Remember? Because we're oh, gaming yeah. the other night with uh Jenny and Sam doing the thing with the halflings and the Bollywogs, and I'm like, ah, like the D D cartoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Bollywogs are definitely in there. Oh yeah. Uh Eric got turned into one, didn't he? He did. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it was some kind of curse or something. He wound up like that. Something I don't remember. I just, yeah, but you're right. Oh, but yeah, they had fairy demons and just all sorts of cool shit. Yeah. I mean, what they have 20, 20, some episode, 20, 25, 27, 29, uh, um, 20 here. Sorry, I found it. 27, 27 episodes over three seasons. Yeah. Uh, season one was 13, season two was looks like eight, and then seven, and no, six. So, season three is kind of short, but yeah, yeah, it's great. I am okay with wherever you want to go, but we could talk about the last episode. I guess we should probably you kind, kind of talk about the, I guess, what the premise was. They they wind up in this realm. They get on the the Dungeons and Dragons ride, like you you mentioned, and they, they wind up in, it's, in the it's realm the of Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons ride. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're trying to find their way home is basically the, the plot of every episode. You know, Dungeon Master says, hey, there there may be a way home at the end of this. And but but to be fair, as a DM, uh-huh. that's how we get you fuckers to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so their their whole thing is they're trying to get home to Earth. And there actually there's at least one episode where they have that chance, but it means for them to leave, something really bad's gonna happen to somebody else. So they they don't leave at that point. Um but that what what I remember them talking about, uh the producers, was that they were they were prepared uh, because it aired on CBS and they were prepared when CBS came to them and said, we are canceling the show. So they had a script for the final episode ready to go. Um, they just didn't get to produce it. So they were, I, which, which pisses me off. I'm like, really? You couldn't, you couldn't have paid for just one last episode you know yeah, one more you only did six or seven anyway yeah so yeah so they didn't they didn't get to make the last episode um and i think okay so you you have the box set that's got uh it's got the booklet with their their what their stats would have been in uh 3.5 yep, i've three. got their stats i've got the booklet that has the or whatever it is with the the uh it's it's pretty much them written out the script of what that last episode would have been and you yeah okay because well because that um i'm thinking that box because there's another box set that came out later that doesn't have all that stuff in it and i was thinking that that box set um most of the actors not not all of them were able to come back Somebody wasn't able to come back, um, but they got most of the cast to come back and do a script read, do a table read of the script of the final episode. And, and that that it's presented as an audio drama on one of the DVDs. Yeah, I've, I've got that one. Okay. Uh, which I I love that they did that. Now, somebody has taken that and... Uh, use clips from the shows to kind of do a homemade version of the episode. Yeah, you can find that on YouTube pretty easily, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because I've watched it. Um, and I think this is where you were going, you, you hinted earlier about something about uh, when we were talking about character growth on the different characters. Well, yeah, it just it's kind of a finale that they didn't produce, but they should have because they were ready. Yeah. And we we're talking about Presto. Uh-huh. And all the kids want to go back home to do their thing because in one of the episodes, even Bobby had like a friend who came over and made it back, but she predicted that they would all make it back. Uh, but Presto decides to stick around and help out people in the D&D realm. Yeah, and that... 
that's actually what I'm trying to remember if that was the way the script originally went or if that was something that the, the person who did the homemade animation it wasn't homemade animation but you know who who compiled the the different shots and stuff to do that uh the thing that's on youtube um if he didn't change it because i, I was trying to remember if presto actually did that in the table read oh man it's been so long since i've listened to that one that actually i've had this box set for man almost 20 years and i've not listened to that last one and almost 20 years i yeah, honestly don't remember I'm that the, i'm the same way i need to sit down and and do that <laughs> we could have done this before this episode no no we're good <laughs> <laughs> if if we had discussed doing this episode earlier in the week <laughs> well i mentioned it months ago and yeah i, I didn't give a shit so <laughs> why should you <laughs> But you know what? That's something for people to get into. It's been 40 years. It's making yeah. a comeback because they're putting out the characters again. You can find these things. They're making cartoon or not cartoons, but comic books. Yeah. You know, they, they've been in Magic the Gathering cards. They've been in the most recent D&D movie that we talked about. And honestly, cartoons better than the first D&D movie from, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. Uh, the D&D something, Thieves something. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, there there are books. Oh, and... no, no. Uh, uh, what what did they? I think that the original movie they just called Dungeons and Dragons. On uh, Honor Among Thieves is the most recent one. That's right. Yeah, that's a good one. That's and, a good yeah, one. Like you said, they, yeah, that you like you said they they have a they have a cameo in that which. Um, it was neat, but then Wizards of the Coast said, oh, yeah, they've always been in Forgotten Realms. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, bullshit. Whatever. Yeah. No, they fucking went home. <laughs> mm -hmm. or, or at least five of them did. Maybe they came back. You know, it's all good. Well, that's hey. possible. Yeah, I mean. But yeah, the D&D movie of 2000 sucked ass yeah that's that's a nice way to put it <laughs> <laughs> that that movie had such a negative reaction from critics and fans that, that people were actually worried that it was going to negatively affect lord of the rings when lord of the rings came out oh well I think it should have negatively affect sales of D&D &D books, but Lord of the Rings is better and different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and a uh, if you Google it, you can find them in a car commercial from my for fucking forget what country. Argentina, but they, uh, they... I think. It's South America. I think it's Argentina. That is hilarious. I love that commercial. It's quite honestly wonderful. <laughs> yes. I Whoever did that, they nailed it because that was just awesome. Yeah. Uh, Brazil. Looks like Brazil, maybe, if if, if it's looking okay. right here on what I just found. Okay. 
yeah, it's it's great. But it's a great cartoon. Yeah. And translates well to car commercials and major motion pictures, and they should do their own. I think so, too. Yeah. But, you know, do it right. Start, I mean, you know, do do the origin story. I, I've, I've always thought that, you know, because there was, well, what could we adapt? Well, adapt the fucking cartoon, you guys. People loved it, you know? And it would be a great way to introduce people to the game without them needing to know a bunch of back stuff, backstory stuff. And, you know, they don't have to do the homework to understand what's going on because they're being introduced to it through characters who are being introduced to it. Yeah. You could even do it with the flashbacks, just do a two hour movie where you could, cause you want action. You want to get drawn in. You want to suddenly yeah. be put in this thing where you see, Hank shooting an arrow and Eric saving people and Diana jumping over shit. And, but then 20 minutes in, you show them on the ride coming in and you then you see Dungeon Master giving them their weapons and why Venger, Venger wants them. And yeah, yeah, I kick ass. I'd watch that. I'd watch that eight times. Yeah. Or, and, or more. It, well, eight times in a year. <laughs> <laughs> You know, most people, when they think Dungeons and Dragons, they think of nerdy boys <laughs> in the basement playing this game and eating pizza and chips and, you know, junk food and whatever. But here here it is. You've got two girls in the group and and one of them is black. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, I didn't I, mention I Diana. I love that. I've always. Black, yeah. 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 Even even as a kid, I thought that was fucking great. You know, I didn't I didn't know that there was the stereotype of, of the what the D and D player was supposed to be. To be fair in high school, I assumed girls didn't play because they were cool and doing partying and stuff, and we were nerdy boys. And then years later I found out there were probably many girls who would have played with us had we asked because they were also nerdy. <laughs> yeah. But it's a great cartoon. It is, it is. Uh, but I don't have anything else for the 40th anniversary of the D&D cartoon. I don't either. Good, because this lasted longer than I thought it would to begin with. Yeah, I should have known it would. Yeah, I'm going to cut this off. I need to, to go do things tonight. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so rate us, review us, share us. Yeah. Um, but if you're good. I'm good. Me too. All right. So we will be back at you soon with other episodes and until then i am cavalier james i am barbarian jody calm down bobby yeah. <laughs> we will talk to you later bye the macabre manor is brought to you by the twin terrors all rights reserved stay tuned for some fun outtakes Damn it. Fucking mute button. Um, <laughs> uh, I, that was an awkwardly long, awkwardly long silence. <laughs> it, it was fucking. I was actually talking. Uh, <laughs> I was I was saying, damn it. That, uh, I had to sneeze, so I put it on mute so I could sneeze and open up my cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Smurfing Smurfs.
I got called out on something that I said in an episode where we were talking about Halloween decorations. I I, I need to apologize that my, my wife is not against putting out Halloween decorations early or, or leaving them up year round. Uh, as, as she pointed out, she does have a happy Halloween flag that she leaves out in the flower bed all year. Jody I got just, in I, trouble. Jody I got in I trouble. Thought I, had, I thought we had had a conversation where I had said something about putting up outside decorations and leaving them up year round. And she gave me this look like, no. <laughs> ha ha. Jody got in trouble. No. <laughs> Oh, I'm so tempted to say Dungeon Master, but I'm not going to. And to be fair, if I see the War Duke one, there's a decent chance I'm still going to buy him. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you the the store that I keep seeing the ads for, if you want. Nope. Okay. You just you just shut up. <laughs> <laughs>